Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Sorry, I, I believe I, I gotta go against you. I'm sorry. I, no, I believe Brandy. I, and, I'm sorry. And I'm, I, I'm, I'm not, saying this because I'm I don't know you and I know her. Dorit, if I'm fighting with you, I'm not texting you, hey, pretty mama. She didn't say. Well, if I'm distancing myself from no, you, no, I'm not texting. She's distancing herself. She said, I don't Dorit, have a close relationship. Dorit, let's go back to when I she. I sucked on her. Oh. I have a close relationship with her, okay, bitch? Enough said. Hello and welcome to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino. We finally got the big reveal of the Capri Room at the Encino Buca di Beppo, styled fantastically interestingly by Dorit Kemsley of The Real Houses of Beverly Hills. I was so excited to see that room uh, inside that chain restaurant. It was such an exciting reveal and a lot was going on. There was a lot of drama that was happening inside that room. We had Brandy Glanville return and she showed us text messages and revealed that she had uh, forgive my language, escort the kids out of the room, but she had sucked on a, I believe they bleeped it out. I believe she said I had sucked on a tit. Um, but I was wondering, did they bleep out uh, tit? Sorry to say that word again, but it's got to be said because I, I thought that's what she was saying, but they bleeped it out. And as we all know, they didn't bleep it out on Vanderpump Rules when Brittany Cartwright had alleged that James Kennedy had been uh, sucking on some girl's tit in a club while he was dating Raquel. Remember that? She saw somebody, him sucking on a girl's tit in the club while you guys were dating. And maybe the word Brandy was using wasn't even tit. Maybe they had to bleep out something else. One of the C words. Brandy's used those a time or two. To be honest, that's probably what it was. Um, So I wondered. I don't know. But there was a lot of drama happening in that room. And we were forced to suspend a lot of disbelief. Because first of all, Teddy's uh, common friends were all at this restaurant. A lot of white women were there that were friends with her outside of the cast. Uh, they eventually did leave when we started talking about the Brandy Denise stuff. Um, but it was weird having them there while the cameras were rolling. And I don't believe any of those women had ever been inside of the walls of Abuka de Beppo, particularly Sutton. Sutton Strack, who's a friend of on this season. I hope she gets her diamond next season. But I don't believe she's ever even seen a place such as this. Uh, last week on the show, we know that she couldn't say it. She kept calling it Buka de Bops or whatever. And this week, I don't know if you saw her face when she was sitting at that table, and she was looking around at all those fucking lemons. Lemons everywhere. I thought it was at Yolanda Foster's dream house or something. Like, so many fucking lemons uh, everywhere. But you could saw Sutton's face. She was just looking around, and she looked completely shell-shocked. It was as if she saw a ghost in every corner, and she might have seen a ghost, for all we know. And she wasn't in that one confessional, and I believe that, because she had PTSD from being inside of that dirty chain restaurant that uh, she couldn't even speak to it. I believe that's why she wasn't in that one confessional this week, because Sutton was there, and she just couldn't believe her eyes, her ears, or her nose. I mean, Dorit, when she was talking about designing that room, she's like, I thought of Capri Italy and the smells and whatever. I'm like, I bet you it smells like dirty ass in that room. Like a Buca de Beppo. I love a Buca de Beppo. I hate to talk poorly about it. I've been there a million times when I was in high school and didn't have any money, and I would go to that place with friends. We would 
order one meal for the table and we'd sit and talk for hours. Uh, but I don't believe that it smells like Capri Italy in there. I just don't believe it. I don't care how many air fresheners you put in there. All the Glade plugins you want, but it's not going to smell like Capri Italy inside of a Buca di Beppo. It's just not happening. Uh, but Teddy's friends who were all there, eventually they did have to leave. And uh, we got to the meat of it. And we'll, we'll talk more about that in a minute. But before we do, I want to uh, rewind to the beginning of the episode. And I also want to get all of our business stuff out of the way. I want to say... Uh, if you haven't already, I have uh, an interview with Hannah Ferrier from Below Deck Med. Uh, she was kind enough to call in for just a few minutes. We got, I, I think, like 15-minute interview with her, which you can watch on the new YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Pellegrino one or listen on the podcast. Uh, and then I also have a chat with Hannah Brown, our friend of the show, uh, comedian Hannah Brown, not the Hannah Brown from The Bachelor. She was on earlier this week, and we talked Selling Sunset, as well as the Real Houses of Potomac premiere. And I just wanted to specify that. Because a lot of people had thought that that Hannah Brown was the Hannah Brown from the Bachelor franchise. And it's not, there's, believe it or not, two different women named Hannah Brown. And so I just wanted to clarify, because I was getting a lot of messages about it. And so that's the last time I'll clarify it. But I felt as though I had to. So let's talk Real Houses of Beverly Hills. We open with Rena working out at an indoor beach with Amelia. And this just made me so disgusted by the city that I live in, because it's such an L.A. thing. To be like, let's throw a bunch of sand in a fucking room and have people work out in a class atmosphere at an indoor beach. First of all, we have outdoor beaches here. Okay, there's no need to put sand indoors in any scenario. If you're in California, you should not be putting sand indoors. I don't care where you are, what your business model is. It doesn't make any goddamn sense. So keep the sand outside near the beach. And if you want to have a group class, have it at the beach. We don't need to make a beach indoors. It's truly disgusting. It's such an LA thing. And they put fake surfboards up. I thought, why aren't you just going to the beach that's across the street or wherever? I don't know where they were. But the beach is not far. They could have gone to Santa Monica to take that class. What is this business model? And not only that, who even likes to be around sand? If you want to pretend you're doing some sort of surfboard workout, I just don't know that you need sand because it gets in all your cracks and crevices. No matter what, when you're in sand, it's like you get out of the sand and you find it for days in your ears and your nose. Uh, everywhere you find the sand. And so who wants to go to class like that? I don't know. Then there was a Teddy's baby room reveal, which I timed. I timed because last week on the show, I said every one of Teddy's individual scenes are very short, extremely short. It's like they cut them down to almost nothing. And so this week when I saw we were going to the baby room reveal, another reveal, not as exciting as the Buca de Beps, but when we got into Teddy's baby room, I started my timer. Like I rewound it at the beginning of the scene and I started my timer as soon as they started showing us the, the establishing shots of where we were. So when they showed us like the outside of Teddy's house, that's when I started my timer. And then we saw that gray baby room uh, and it was 25 seconds. The scene with Teddy was 25 seconds. Now I know it was an opening scene. But that was the length of it, 25 seconds. And that's being generous because I kept the timer running when we were getting those establishing shots. We just rarely get a Teddy scene. And I don't know what that means exactly. I'm curious what, uh, if she'll be back next season. I imagine they will have her back because she's having a newborn baby. I feel like they'll want to follow that. Um, I don't know. I don't know that we want to follow all of that, but I think we're going to have to. Uh, then we see Erica. She's viewing the teaser trailer for her Chicago debut. She looked great, by the way. And it made me really sad that Broadway's closed in general. 
you know, I'm here in California, but I uh, love the arts, support the arts, and I'm upset that we can't support the arts by seeing Erica Jane on in Chicago and Broadway. It's very upsetting to me. Uh, then we have a scene at Garcelle's house. It's Christmas time. Denise shows up. I love the holidays. Denise revealed that she went to Montana for Thanksgiving. This got me excited. I'm already sort of in holiday mode. I know it makes me very basic, but I like all the pumpkin stuff. I'm ready for all that pumpkin spice and peppermint stuff. And I've already sort of dabbled. You guys, I, I'm going to take a little detour here. Now, bear with me. Fast forward if you don't want to hear this. But I think it's important we all find the things that we like right now and embrace those little things because there's a lot of bad stuff happening in the world. So if, you, if there's something that makes you happy, you need to embrace it. So lately, I've been trying to do that, whether it be lighting a candle that I like or watching a TV show I want to watch or eating something that makes me feel good. Uh, my boyfriend, who I live with, he actually went vegan a few weeks ago. And so he's been eating a lot of vegan food, and he's been trying to get me to do it, and I've been trying to eat much less meat, so that's where I'm starting at. I don't know that it's my journey to be a vegan, but I have been making an effort to eat less meat, so that's a start for me. Um, but he's gone fully vegan. He's been trying to get me to to be healthier and all of that stuff. So he's been making a big effort. Now, I have been trying to treat myself to the little things. So one of the little things that I like, and it relates to the holidays, it's a pumpkin spice uh, bath shower gel. Now, there's a company that makes it. I don't want to say the name of the company because, you know, I don't want to shade them or anything. But there's a company that makes it. And I don't know much about the politics of this company or anything really about this company other than the fact that they carry seasonal shower gels that I really like. And I know uh, I love skincare, and I know this maybe isn't the best skincare. I mean, even on the bottle, there's like cookie recipes. You guys know which one I'm talking about, right? There's like uh, pie uh, recipes on the bottle. So as you're rubbing yourself down in the shower, you can read how to make a fucking sugar cookie or whatever. Anyway, they make a pumpkin one that I really like, and it's loaded with chemicals. The ingredients list is so long. Uh, and so I've already been sort of on the edge with my boyfriend as he's been trying to get me to go vegan and do all of these things that I'm not quite ready to do, right? So I get the mail, and one of the things that comes in the mail is my pumpkin shower gel. It's called pumpkin icing shower gel. Again, very gross, probably loaded with all sorts of bad chemicals for my skin, but I like it. It brings me joy. So he actually like opens the box, and he's reading it, and he's like, oh, what the fuck is this? Like He's reading the ingredient list, and I'm like seething in the corner. I'm just looking at him, I'm seething, I'm thinking, oh my god, he's going to try to take this away from me now. In the middle of a pandemic, he's going to try to ruin this shower gel for me. All I'm thinking about is grabbing that bottle and running to the shower and take my my thing. So I'm looking at him, he's got it gripped, a tight grip on my pumpkin icing, icing shower gel, and he's reading the ingredient label, and he's literally reading them aloud to me. And I'm like, I don't care. I'm like putting my hands over my ears like, la 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 la. You know, I don't want to know. Don't tell me. Close my eyes. Pretend. You know, I'm not there. So I'm realizing that, like, I'm not going to get out of this conversation easily. So I go over, right by our door, we have, like, a basket of face masks and bandanas and stuff for when you go outside, uh, you could put over your face during this pandemic. So I go over, I grab one of the bandanas from the basket, and I don't, without saying a word, I walk over to my boyfriend, and I just put it around his eyes. I put it around his eyes. And so he starts to smile. He thinks uh, it's going to be some sexual thing or whatever. And believe me, it's not a sexual thing. I was just putting it over his eyes, and then I grabbed that shower gel, went to the bathroom, locked the door, and I put it on my body in the shower. 
that was the only thing I wanted on my body. I just wanted the shower gel. And here he was sitting there thinking I was going to be doing some sort of, I don't know, sexual thing or whatever with the bandana on. And that wasn't what I was interested in. I was interested in getting that uh, chemical-laden shower gel out of the grubby hands of my vegan boyfriend so that I could shower in peace with a holiday scent. That's what I was looking for. But man, I mean, it's like the little things, you got to find something that brings you joy. And uh, look, I don't know if this is really terrible for my body or not, but I'm going to be putting it on. I'm going to smell like pumpkin spice. The point is, find your happiness where you can. That's where you, what you need to do. Um, back to Denise and Garcelle there. Uh, Denise says Garcelle's her only friend. Uh, Garcelle asks what Aaron thought of this whole thing, this rumor mail. And Denise said, if I did come home and I slept with Brandy, Big Dick Aaron would come home and say, why wasn't I invited? She says, Big Dick Aaron would tell me, why wasn't I invited to this this little sexual thing? And she says that in her Saatchi confessional. Uh, and and look, I am just rooting for Denise. And I hated this episode. They were all passing around text messages. I would have been livid if I was Denise and they were passing around private text messages. This whole thing has felt gross to me every step of the way. And then now seeing that they're passing around text messages because Denise was texting Brandy these things, and I think it's all accurate. But I don't think that Denise thought that Brandy was going to be a cast member on this show because Brandy's been off the show for so long. So I don't think that Denise had ever even thought of the fact that Brandy might give the text messages to production. And again, I don't even think I fault Brandy for this either because Brandy is trying to get back on the show. She needs a, she's a single mother. How many single mothers out there? You'd do anything to uh, get, make money for your kid. So I think Brandy needs to get back on the show, make a, a good paycheck. Um, but it's coming at the expense of Denise, who probably had no idea that this would ever even be something that could happen. I just don't like I don't like it at all. I don't like it at all. But when Denise is with Garcelle, she does say, I do know I don't like Teddy. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> like, I like that she's just like, yeah, I hate Teddy. She just hates her. Um, I love Denise. Anyway, then... We see some more of the Buca de Beppo. Oh, Kyle had a good line where she said something about the baby being a Buca de baby. That did make me laugh. It made me laugh. I liked it. Um, but the fact that we're just throwing this baby shower inside of this Buca de Beppo is truly insane. And Kim, why is Kim there? I don't think Kim is friends with Teddy at all. Or Brandy. Or Brandy. Uh, meanwhile, I didn't mention that Amelia moved into a new place. She got a place for $5,700 a month. And she said, well, I'm happy because it's safe. And I just have to say that you can get a safe place in LA for much less than that. I just want uh, the record to show that it doesn't cost $5,700 a month to get a safe place in California. I know that's what they're leading us to believe, but believe me, I've lived in safe places. And yes, it could be much more expensive than the rest of the country. But $5,700 a month uh, is not just the only place you can get for safety. Uh. I like that Amelia's opening up about the eating disorder and the antidepressants. Uh, it's nice that anyone opens up about that stuff on TV and is willing to talk about it. So, you know, good for her. Good for her. Uh, at the baby shower, it is fun to see Kim and Rinna talk about the bunny. I like any of the talk about that bunny. Infamous bunny. Denise, meanwhile, FaceTimes in and she says, I'm not coming. And the FaceTime call was a little staticky. And I thought, there's no way that this Buca de Beppo has good cell reception. Uh, I'm just, somebody had to say it. There's no way there's good cell reception there. Uh, take from that what you will. Uh, but I don't believe they have Wi-Fi or good cell reception. I, I believe that uh, it's not something that you would find in the Encino Buca de Beppo. 
And again, there's just lemons everywhere. They kept saying, Capri Room, Capri Room. We're in the brand new Capri Room, Dorit kept saying. And I was like, um, let's calm it down. It looks totally different than the rest of the restaurant. Don't get me wrong, I want to go there immediately as, uh, as soon as the pandemic ends. I'm headed to the Capri Room. Uh, but it does not look like the rest of that place. It just looks like a totally different restaurant. And I kind of think it looks worse than it did before. We don't say that, but now we said it. I, I said it. I, said, I sort of think all those lemons, before it looked like kitschy. I feel like before, the before picture we saw, it looked like a kitschy upscale pizza. And now it looks like just a, I'm not sure. I don't even know how to explain it. There was just fucking lemons everywhere. It looked like, you know when you go to Party City and each aisle has like a different theme party. So you can go to like the Hawaiian aisle and they have the grass skirts and they have the the coconut bras and everything you need for like a Hawaiian theme party. I feel like Dorit's Capri Room at the Buku de Beppo, it's like she went to a party city and she found like the lemon section, which I don't know that they have, but they probably do now. That's what Dorit should do next. She should do a partnership with Party City. I love a party city too, by the way. Uh, neither here nor there, but I I can have a good time at a party city. They have lots of stuff. You could get balloons. You could get costumes. You could get decor. It's a good time. Um, but I wouldn't say that the stuff they have at a party city is very upscale. They have cheap wigs. I think like Kim Zolciak season one wigs, you know, we always said those are party city wigs. That's the kind of stuff you get at a party city. And so everything that was in that Capri room looked like it came from the lemon section of a party city. And... Uh, I'm not even sure if that's an insult at this point, but it didn't look like the rest of the restaurant. It stuck out like a sore thumb. And seeing uh, Dorit in, what was she wearing? Was she wearing Versace? Seeing her in Versace uh, in the Buca de Beppo kitchen. Ooh, wow. She's in Versace, head to toe Versace. Head to toe Versace. And she was just right in front of that kitchen. You could see the waiters and waitresses and the servers and hostesses and the kitchen staff right behind her. Uh, and then, again, I, I don't know if I mentioned this earlier on the podcast, but I don't believe any of that food was made in that Buca de Beppo kitchen. I'm sorry, don't buy it. I think that food was brought in because it looked too nice. I've been to Buca de Beppo, and usually they throw some mozzarella cheese that's been sitting out for six weeks in, on a plate, and then they throw it uh, or over some chicken cutlets that have been in the freezer, and then they serve it to you. It's not like those plates... Those platters looked way too nice. And the wine, too. I thought, you know what? They brought in wine for this. There's no way those women were drinking the wine that they serve at Buca de Beppo. It's just not something that I believe. I will not believe it. So a Teddy shows up, and it's a surprise party. I hate surprise parties. Ugh. Don't ever surprise me. I don't want a surprise. I don't like any surprises. Hate them. I want to know where I'm going. I don't want any, I don't want everyone to be looking at me and seeing like, what's my surprise reaction? I hate it all. I hate it all. Um, I was even more surprised though when Erica showed up in that pink hair. What was that? What was that? They talk a little bit about Erica going to the Broadway and how Rinna's maybe, uh, jealous or, or keeps talking about how that time she was on Broadway. And at the same time, I felt like every time somebody brought up Erica's Broadway debut, Lisa chimed in like I did it 18 years ago. If you thought it was about me, I feel sad for you that you thought that in any way. You know what I mean? Oh, I don't think that's how you should put it. Come on, you know me better than that, Garcelle. Come on, you know me better than that. And what was with that vocal fry from Lisa Renna? I've never heard that sound come out of her mouth before. It was like a totally different voice. 
You know me better than that, Garcelle. Come on, you know me better than that, Garcelle. So bizarre. Come on, you know me better than that, Garcelle. Come on. Um, you know who I was really feeling bad for when they were talking about Broadway was Kim Richards, because she was sitting right next to Erica Jane. And Kim Richards, she's a great actress. She's the one that should be doing Broadway. I'm not trying to knock Erica Jane or Lisa Rinna, but Kim Richards has some definite acting skills. And those are on display in plenty of roles. You guys can go look up. Look up clips of Kim's acting on YouTube. She's good. She's good. And she just had to cheers to Erica. And you could see it in her eyes. I, I felt like her whole career flashed before her when she heard Erica Jane talking about being on Broadway. I thought Kim Richards is the one who should be there. And it must just be so frustrating for Kim that Kyle's going to be in the new Halloween movies. I know she was in the original, but like Kim should be the star. Let's put Kim in a big budget movie. She's good. She's good. Also, Kim's best acting performance came later on in this episode when she said, uh, Brandy's in the neighborhood. Can she come here? It was like so awkward. And then no one knew how to react. They were like, well, I thought we invited Brandy. <laughs> So it was like, why would even Brandy be there? Like she met Teddy like twice. Um, but who cares? Brandy, when she's in the scene, it's electrifying. I think when Brandy finally shows up, it's like, okay, this show comes alive. This episode was great, I thought. Um, it was fantastic. It was weird though that Garcelle and Sutton left early. Why did they go? They need to s- stick around. Garcelle is so good when she's around. When she came after Rena, she is not she's not letting Rena get off the hook for anything. Ooh, it's going to be a good reunion, I think. I hope, although I don't really give a shit about these Zoom reunions. Uh, but Dorita's the only one who sticks up for Denise. Uh, they pass around the text messages, which we talked about. I thought that was gross. I didn't like how they were doing that. Um, Brandy just yelling, I fucking sucked on her tit. Excuse my language. I had to say it. Uh, then uh, the episode ends where we see Erica leaving for New York for Broadway. Uh, and it was funny because Tom was saying goodbye to her. And Erica's like, I'll see you in two weeks. And the assistant's like, well, that's more than we see you now. And I was thinking, um, do they not see each other for two weeks at a time? Because, look, I've heard of actors and stuff who, you know, they go on jobs and they don't see each other for months at a time or two weeks at a time. I've heard of a lot of actors having that rule of not not seeing each other for more than two weeks, right? That happened on Newlyweds. Anyone who watched, of course, the cult classic newlyweds on MTV. <laughs> they had that rule where Nick and Jessica wouldn't go two weeks. It didn't work out for them in the long run, um, but they wouldn't go two weeks without seeing each other. And so I was thinking that's something that happens when we have actors and singers in relationships, but Tom's an attorney and Erica Jane's a reality TV star. Why would they go two weeks without seeing each other except for this one time on Broadway? Broadway! Sorry, you guys, that was gross that I just sang that. I don't know what happened. Please forgive me. Uh, Rinna's mad at Denise now. I don't know. That's the end of the episode. Next week, we get Camille's back. She has a sit-down with Denise. Camille's back, and Brandy's in the finale party, and there's a sit-down between Denise and Rinna. So that's the that on that. Uh, we got to talk about The Real Hustles of New York, shall we? This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. 
And we all carry around different stressors, both big and small. Sometimes the small stressors are the worst for me because I cannot stop thinking about them when I'm trying to sleep or when I'm trying to go about my day. I keep those little things bottled up and it can start to affect me negatively. Now, therapy is a safe space to get those things off of my chest and figure out how to work through all that stuff. And if you've never benefited from therapy, I think it's time you explore. I think anyone can be helped by going to a professional therapist. It's so incredibly helpful to get those coping skills and uh, deal with those stressors. So uh, if you're thinking of starting therapy, you can give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be super convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you got to do is fill out this quick, brief questionnaire, and you get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge, which I think is so important, uh, so that way you find someone that you work well with. Now, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Everything Iconic today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Everything Iconic. Ah, I love that sound, don't you? And that's the sound you're going to hear when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Uh, We use it here at Everything Iconic. Shopify is the best all-in-one commerce platform capable of handling all your business complexity, no matter how big you grow. I think it's fantastic. You're probably thinking, sure, but migrating is going to be a headache, but Shopify's app store has the migration apps you need to migrate all of your products, your orders, your customers, and more uh, from every major e-commerce platform all the way to Shopify. And I always hate when I'm shopping online and I have to re-enter all of my information. Well, Shopify store remembers your shipping address, your payment information. So if you're on the couch and your wallet's on the kitchen counter, you don't have to get up, which is nice. So sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash everything iconic, all lowercase. That's one month for just $1 at shopify.com slash everything iconic. Shopify, S-H-O-P-I-F-Y dot com slash everything iconic. You know what? Let's love that. that. I, I love the beers too. Know. The good, the bad, and the ugly. And the articles. And the articles from Ramona. You know what? You're starting no, oh, I say we're refining ourselves. Oh, oh, okay. No, we are. I heard an R come out, and I was like, oh, No, God. refining. I love when the Roni women reference the past. They were all sitting around that dinner table. They finally made up after Ramona was a monster to the staff. Uh, and then she raised her glass to give a toast and started to say something about R-E word. And Lou just shook her head. She looked down, and she said in her cookie monster voice, Please don't talk about the renewal. <laughs> I can't do a good Luann impression, but that's my best shot. Anyway, the point is, it was hysterical. They referenced the past. That was season three, where Ramona Singer was going around and telling everyone that she was true renewling. Remember, she also got that short haircut where she told everyone she looked like Cameron Diaz, uh, which was not a fact. Uh, By the way, Cameron Diaz is officially retired from the acting biz. I saw an interview. Um, I don't know if it's official, official, but she did say she's not acting anymore. And to that I say, uh, come on, Cameron Diaz, get in front of the camera. Get in front of the red light. We miss you. I want another Charlie's Angels film. I don't like the fact, I know this is veering away from The Real Houses of New York, I don't like the fact that Cameron Diaz's last on-screen uh, credit is in the movie Annie. Of course I love the movie Annie. Annie's a queen and icon and a legend, and so is Miss Hannigan, who Cameron Diaz played in that reboot. 
but I just can't handle the fact that that's her last on-screen credit. It's truly despicable to me, and I need to get her back on a camera. Somebody, I don't know, can't some of these big directors, I don't know if Martin Scorsese's listening, or Christopher Nolan, I know those two uh, big-time directors don't hire often a lot of women, which is unfortunate, being that they have so much power and clout, but maybe in one of their next films they can get Cameron Diaz back in front of the camera, because I miss her. Uh, and Ramona Singer right now is the closest thing we have to that, apparently, because she's mentioning she's in relationship to true renewal again uh anyway you guys this episode of the real house is new york we were still in mexico it's sort of a transition episode they were getting back to new york and i always find the episodes after a big vacation are pretty boring this one was uh, a little bit boring there wasn't a whole lot going on but there were some gems there were some gems and i even missed a couple things i'll be honest my friend tim i don't know if he's listening but he did text me he said uh, did you see that Bunny McSweeney was eating a uh, rice cake and broccoli? Like apparently that was on her plate, and I even missed that, um, which w- was surprising to me. But if everyone wants to go back and watch, they'll see. I believe I, I don't know exactly that that was it, but Tim had told me that it was a rice cake and broccoli, and I just think we should all sit on that for a second, and just let the, breathe that in, uh, and know that that happened. Uh, so we open this week's episode. Uh, we're at Casa del Mar. And apparently there's no hot water, or Leah didn't have any hot water. I, I don't know. Uh, I don't know what that was about, but it seemed like the other women had wa- hot water in their rooms, but Leah did not. And Ramona and Sonia are in their room, and they're talking about what they're going to say to Dorinda, because they're still mad about her anger issues. So Ramona decides to take it upon herself, and from the privacy of the bedroom, she just texts Dorinda and the group an article about anger issues. And it was the most passive-aggressive thing. <laughs> it was so funny to me. That was the kind of Ramona that I love on this show. That's the Ramona I like on Housewives. When she just Googles something and then sends it to a group text, it was so funny to me. <laughs> the response was even better. And first of all, I would love to get access to that group text. I want access to the Roni group text. I know they must have a bunch of different ones. I feel like they have side groups. They have main groups. I bet they have groups with the other former housewives. I know Bethany must be on one of those. I need access to those. I wish they would just publish them. You know, sometimes they go on social media when these housewives get in fights and they post the text messages. I believe Elise, who's not a housewife, but she's on this season of Roni, she had posted some text messages with Ramona. But I want to see like the fun group texts. Like, I don't even want to see the fighting. I want to see like what's going on. Uh, in the off time, what what are they talking about? Are they talking about like the movies they've seen or what's happening in their group text? We need to know. But Dorinda just starts rage texting articles to Ramona. Like she's just looking up articles with Ramona's name. She did a Google news search, Dorinda did for the name Ramona, and just started sending the links. Link after link after link. One of them is about a fight with Margaret Josephs, who, I don't know if you guys know this whole story, but uh, at BravoCon, Margaret Josephs had gotten in an argument with Ramona beforehand when they were getting ready. And it was actually before Margaret did the Everything Iconic live show. So I did a, a an Everything Iconic show there at BravoCon. And uh, Margaret had told this story uh, on that podcast and at the live show at BravoCon that I hosted. And it was something, I don't remember the details, you guys can go back and listen, but it was something about like, Ramona was rude to people in the in the hotel room as they were all getting ready for BravoCon, like a big group of them were getting ready together. Which, again, I just have to say, why weren't cameras there? There should have been a full crew uh, of them uh, in the hotel room getting dressed. Because I want these crossovers. 
Dorinda was also sending messages about, or, or uh, links to articles about her fights with Vicky, Giselle, the whole, uh, the whole group of women from other franchises. And this is the crossover we need. Uh, meanwhile, Dorinda was getting ready and she was wearing pants that truly took my eyes for a surprise. I could not believe the pants she was wearing. Now, I don't know if you guys watched the original Roseanne. I'm not talking about the reboot or the Connors. I'm talking about the Roseanne sitcom that aired back in the 90s or the 80s. And if you watched it, you'll recall they had a blanket, a quilt or an af... What do they call it? An afghan, I believe they call it. Um, on the couch, on the set of Roseanne. And those were... That looked exactly like the pants that Dorinda was wearing. Almost identical. It was like, did she take that blanket from the Roseanne set and just make it into some pants? Because that's what it looked like to me. I couldn't believe my eyes. And even Lou was like, oh, I like your pants. And I'm like, Lou, you do not like those pants. You know how sometimes people just say things? It's like to fill the air or to just be nice. It was very clear to me that Luann did not like those pants. I won't believe otherwise. She looked at those pants and she told Dorinda, oh, I like those. But she did not. Not even in the slightest. There's no way Lou would have been caught dead in those pants. Not even in the slightest. But uh, Dorinda walks into Ramona and Sonia's room, and she's like, great articles, right? Like, she's ready to fight. Dorinda's ready to fight, and she said it with a smile, but it was like in a mean way with a smile. And then Dorinda calls Ramona a coward for not saying these things to her face. And I just was thinking in my head, like, I think that these women did say it to her face previously, and she just didn't take it in, so they were trying another tactic. Um, But I liked how Sonia was really telling Ramona to do this. And then she would just back up when it was uh, when she was confronted with Dorinda. And she even said in her confessional, Sonia said, she knew this would happen, but she wanted to see it anyway. And then, so Dorinda just sort of like storms out of the room. She's not taking any of this in. Uh, and that's when we get a moment that is so quintessentially Roni at this point. I don't even know that I have to say it to recap it, to remind you all, but uh, it was just Ramona and Sonia in the hotel room. And they're in robes. Sonia gets up from the bed, and she sees a little spot on the floor on the carpet. She looks down at its little brown spot, and she said, Is this poop? Is this poop? And she said, Is this poop on the rug again? Again, because I remind you, they've done this multiple times. They've pooped everywhere. Every which way but in the toilet. At this point, uh, the poop has made it everywhere that these women have gone, except for a toilet. Uh, We need to put them all in diapers because they're just shitting everywhere. They're going on vacation and shitting on the rugs. Every time they go on a vacation, this is why they can't go to other places. They're going to the same vacation spots because uh, they don't want to send them to other countries because they've already embarrassed themselves in these places, and they don't want to embarrass them uh, in others. I think she made me poop in my pants because she got me upset. You did poop? I did. did. Was that poop on the rug here again? I don't know, but I think she got me upset. I did. I I, I did. I actually pooped in my robe. They're not going to make it to Japan because producers are probably worried that Ramona's going to take a poop on Mount Fuji. They're certainly not going to get to France because Sonia might take a dump on the Eiffel Tower. And guess what? They won't get to China either because they're worried about Luann leaving streaks on the Great Wall. So it just is what it is. We're going to be in Mexico for a while uh, because these women can't control their bowel movements. They're taking dumps everywhere. And quite frankly, I'm sorry uh, for that type of language. But I don't understand. Ramona just went into the bathroom, opened her robe up and said, you know what? I did poop. She said, I did poop in my robe. How did you do that? I've never pooped in a robe before. I've been to a lot of spas where you put on that robe and you 
get a massage or you go into a whirlpool, and I've never just taken a shit in the robe. How do they keep doing this every single episode? It's honestly shocking at this point. And I'm worried about their bowels. I'm very worried about their bowels. Uh, anyway, then we see a little scene between Dorinda and Lou. Dorinda had her vape pen in. And I don't know if you guys saw this on social media. Somebody got a like a paparazzi shot of Ramona with an e-cig. It always shocks me when I see people with the e-cig. I mean, growing up, my father did smoke. He used to have the Marlboros. He always would have like the giant aviator glasses from the gas station. He had a mustache and a marble uh, in his mouth. And that was just how my father walked around town. And it is what it is. That was the 90s, folks. Uh, but nowadays, it's rare to see people smoking a cigarette or an e-cig or a vape pen. Uh, but they're all doing it. I guess it's not just the youths that are doing the vape pens anymore. It's Dorinda and the gang on The Real Houses of New York. Anyway, Lou is trying to tell Dorinda... Uh, you know, about her anger issues and about her problems that she's had with her in the past. And Dorinda's just not getting it. Dorinda says, all I do is give and give. I will not sit here and listen to this. She's just not willing to take anything in. And I love Dorinda. And I'm so excited for next season for her to hopefully come back from this and be the Dorinda that we all know and love. But uh, at this point in the season, it's like Dorinda is having an off season. And I don't know why she's not really seeming to get it. I don't know. I don't know. But Leah showed up as... Dorinda and Lou were talking, and she showed up in these ripped jeans and a white top. And it was honestly, I believe, my favorite outfit of hers. And it was so casual. There wasn't a lot to it. It was just like kind of torn up jeans. But I thought she looked so good. And it was my favorite thing that she's worn. And it was very basic, but I loved it. I loved it. Leah agrees with Lou too, by the way, but she just wants the fight between Dorinda and Lou to end so they can eat dinner. And I get that. I get that. So they're eating dinner at the resort. They go over to the table, and there's like a drum. There's a drum right by the table, like a big old fucking bongo. And it was so funny to me, because Ramona said, Luann, is this for you? And I don't know if you guys know this. If you've never seen Luann's cabaret show, you might not know this, but Luann does bang on a bongo a time or two. Um, for all the money you spend on that show, you do get her playing the bongos. I think in the Christmas show, she played the bongos to Jingle Bells. And let me say, Jingle Bells... It uh, doesn't call for a, a bongo. That's one instrument that's not needed for a rendition of Jingle Bells. In fact, the word bells is in the title of the song, so I don't know why anyone would add a bongo drum to it, but Luann did in her Christmas show. Um, so she's taking chances musically, is what I'm saying. Uh, and it was so funny to me when Ramona just said, hey, Luann, are you going to use this? By the way, I know I've told this story a million times, but one of the times when I saw Luann at her cabaret show, because I've been more than once, one of the times her mic was off for half the show, and no one even gave a shit. Not the audience, not the other people on stage, not even Luann. The mic wasn't working. It just went out. It just wasn't picking up any sound, and not a care in the world from the audience. We didn't care that we spent 70-some dollars on these tickets. We just were happy to see Lou banging on the drum without a mic. And quite honestly, I think it was better that the mic wasn't hooked up. I think it was good that they cut out the sound. Maybe it was the technician in the back cut out the sound and was like, no one needs to hear this. That's how I imagine it, <laughs> the technician, because those technicians usually, they work for the venues, they don't work for the artists. So it was just some guy that worked for that venue, and he probably had no idea who Countess Luann was, and then he heard her singing and was like, oh, something's, uh, something's up with the sound here, and then uh, he just cut it out. So that's what I imagine happened. But uh, yeah, it really made me laugh, and they all fight at this dinner, and uh, before the fight, Ramona's a real asshole to the staff. She says. Uh, the wine's too old. She wants a 2020 Pinot Grigio, which I, I didn't really understand. Why does she want the new wine? 
uh, you prefer old wine, something that's aged. So she wanted something new, and then they brought out new wine, but it was cold. She didn't want cold. What an asshole. I've been a waiter before. I've been a bartender, a waiter, server. I've done uh, large cocktail parties. I've done done it all. And you can't be an asshole to those people. Just be nicer, Ramona. I know she doesn't seem to give a shit. That's the problem I'm having with Ramona. Is like she's just not getting it. And we do like to watch monsters on TV a little bit. That's what part of the appeal of reality TV. But Ramona's just taking it so far over the edge. And I just wish she would realize you can't treat the staff this way. And there's something about it in 2020 that, where it's not fun to me to watch anymore. It's just like enough, Ramona. She's so fucking rude. And then the whole time they do serve her that new wine. And did you see the whole scene? She had her hands around it to try to warm it up. At a certain point, just drink the wine. There's nothing worse to me than when people are treating a waiter poorly or a a server, a hostess. I don't like it. I mean, unless you're treating the people on Vanderpump Rules poorly. (laughs) I shouldn't even say that. I was going to say, unless you're treating the, the waiters and servers over on Vanderpump Rules poorly, because sometimes they deserve it. You know, Jack's maybe occasionally deserves it. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. The point is, they didn't have Leah on the group text. So Leah's pissed. She, they talk about how Dorinda and Ramona were texting each other articles. And Leah's like, I don't even know what you guys are talking about. Why am I not on the group text? And you know Ramona was trying to phase out Leah. That was, that was her goal there. She was trying to phase her out. But they do show Leah the group texts. She just laughs. Um, she laughs and laughs, but I couldn't believe she wasn't on it. And then... Luann says that she doesn't like when Ramona's fake and phony. And I thought, like, Luann's whole bit is fake and phony. I I don't mean to hate on Luann, who's having, by the way, one of Luann's best seasons this season, I believe. She's really shining. She's coming across as, as empathetic and nice and kind. But we've seen how many other seasons of this, 12 or whatever seasons, and she's not always come across that way. Normally, she is a little more fake and phony. So it was. Rich of her to say that. It was rich. Um, but they talk more about Dorinda's rage. Sonia says, I think it's in her confessional, she said, I've been on the other side of Dorinda's rage. And then they show us a montage. And that montage was rough stuff. Did you guys see when they were just showing? All the times Dorinda's yelled at just Sonia. Not even the other women, just Sonia. She's so filled with the rage where she said, remember that one time she said, why don't you put an easy pass on that vagina of yours? Or... Or when she yelled right in her face, don't you ever compare your divorce to my dead husband. And look, I'm no doctor, but it seems like Dorinda does really have some rage issues. And I hope she gets them under the control because I love her so much. And so I'm saying this with love. We want to love you, Dorinda. I believe the audience really does want to love Dorinda, but it's impossible to do this season because she's just so mean. And no one likes to see anyone mean to Sonia. I think we can all agree. Remember even Bethany, when Bethany was mean to Sonia that time, because Sonia was doing the cheater brand or whatever, and Bethany just ripped her new asshole in her skinny girl offices. I didn't care for that side of Bethany at all. Mm-mm, not okay. No one wants to see anyone mad at our Sonia But eventually they all cheers. They make up the next morning. They were getting ready to go. Uh, Dorinda was rubbing her, uh, her face with some face lotion, and I did like that whole process she was doing. She was counting as she was rubbing her face. And that was in anticipation of a skincare launch, if I've ever seen one. So I believe that Dorinda's going to eventually launch something for the skin. And I would love to see it because this seemed like a good thing to me. I love skincare. Love it. Uh, So I would like to see it. I would like to see it. 
Uh, then Ramona says that, oh, Luann backs down from Dorinda. Ramona said she backs down because uh, Dorinda has perks that Lou wants, like Giovanni and others. And I thought, what are the others? What are these other perks that Dorinda has that Luann wants? I was nervous these women were leaving Mexico because I've enjoyed them so much there. I was nervous about it. Uh, but eventually we got to get out of Mexico. We go back to New York. Leah, we see a little scene of her at Married to the Mob, which she's been doing for 15 years, which is amazing. Keeping a brand relevant for that long is amazing. Then we see this scene with Ramona at a psychologist. She apparently goes once every three months because she's like, last time I was here, we talked about this, this, and this. And then the editors flash back to three months ago. So that was the last time. Um, I wish she would go more. It seems like, again, I'm not a doctor. But it seems like maybe Ramona Singer, of all people, might be able to benefit from a therapy session more than once every three months. Quite frankly, maybe anyone could benefit from more therapy than that. But uh, Ramona might be good at every other day. You know, maybe she could hop in those offices every other day, sit down with this gay man and and talk to him uh, about everything, about life, love, and happiness. Uh, she does say, in regards to men, she said, I talk differently when I'm around men. And she said, I have more substance than the sensual body, but I do have a sensual body. That's what she says to him. And he's just looking at her like, what the fuck? You know, calm it down. Calm it down. Uh, but she is unsure how she uh, can go about just being the same with men and women. She said, I'm different with my friends than I'm with men. Uh, and they keep flashing back to that time when she's crying at the beginning of the season, where she's like, I need a man to love me and hold me and want to be with me. We've seen that a hundred times, and I'll see it a hundred more. I love it. I love it. Then we see Luann at rehearsal speaking of... I just said Luann very Midwestern, didn't I? Luann. My accent work is all over the place. You know, I just had uh, Hannah from Below Deck on the podcast. If you haven't listened, go listen to it. It's great. But Hannah has an Australian accent. I was listening to her podcast uh, right before I interviewed her, and her podcast is with another Australian. And I feel like I'm picking up on the Australian accent. After I was done interviewing, I was in the kitchen, and I asked my boyfriend to hand me some water that I had on the counter, and he handed me a coffee mug. <laughs> and when he handed me the coffee mug, I was like, no. I said, no, hand me the water bottle. And he's like, the what? I said, the water bottle. And he's like, what are you saying? And I was like, the water bottle. <laughs> I was using a little Australian with him. Um, but, you know, you pick up different things. And every time I say Luann, I get very Cleveland. Luann. Luann. Anyway. Uh, Luann's at rehearsal. And she said, I'm so happy to get back to my show. It feeds my soul. And look, there were four people plus doing this show. There were four pe- four men behind that table, and then Luann was practicing. And look, I am sort of worried about Luann's finances when it comes to this show, because she's paying, I believe, all four of those people who are sitting behind that table. And then I'm sure she also has the other people that she's paying for this tour. And I'm just not sure, after seeing it so many times, I'm not sure that she needs that many people uh, writing the script for the show. They said they were all working on the script. Maybe just one of them should sit down and write the script. You know, I'm a writer, and I just think maybe one person should take a crack at it, because it's not like we're getting uh, Ben-Hur. You know, it's not like this, this live show is Chicago. Uh, which I remind you that Luann did announce at the reunion last season that she was going to be starring in Chicago, and then it never was to be. But uh, that's a tale for another time. The point is, I don't think we need this many people on Luann's cabaret show. I feel like they all might not be doing the work to warrant the paycheck, right? 
maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong and I'm sorry. if I think that Luann should pay all these people what they're worth. And I just don't know that there's four plus people creating and crafting the Luann Cabaret experience because I've seen it. It's, I've seen it. Um, anyway, uh, Sonia doesn't show up. Uh, Sonia says it's her night. She's got to do the Century 21 unveiling. And she said, of course, I'm not going to show up to your rehearsal, Luann. She said, I like to improv. I don't need a rehearsal with your team. Um, and Lou's like, well, I'm working on the script, so we're just going to give you a little roll. Um, and then hangs up. And as she's hanging up, Sonia says to Ben, Luann's, I, I think it's her creative director, who uh, Ben Rimmelauer, I hope I'm saying that name right. He's a wonderful, uh, wonderful creative director. But I think that's his official title. I'm not sure. Um, but I've heard really wonderful things about his work. So I just want to say, all of those guys behind that table, you know, we respect you. I just want to look out for Luann's finances. But the point is, Sonia invites Ben to her event, and Ben says, and I quote, I wrote this down, he said he can't show up to Sonia's event because he has his Fire Island House of Wintertime reunion. Let me just repeat that. He said he had his Fire Island House of Wintertime reunion. Okay, and to that I say, what the fuck is that? What the fuck is a Fire Island House of Wintertime reunion? Was that what they named their Fire Island house? The group of gays that went to Fire Island, they must have named it the Wintertime House, I guess. And so they're having a little reunion. I mean, I guess that is what it must be, but it was just such a strange sentence. I never heard that sentence before. Have you guys heard that sentence? I can't make it because I have my Fire Island House of Wintertime reunion. That's what I'm going to start using as my excuse now. Like, sorry, I can't make it to the Zoom event. I have my Fire Island House of Wintertime reunion uh, to go to. Or sorry, I can't come uh, to your play today. I have my Fire Island House of Wintertime reunion. That's what I'm going to start saying. And it is what it is. It is what it is. Anyway, then we cut to Leah's apartment. That's when the mom showed up. Uh, and apparently the mom teaches the daughter uh, Kiki religion once a week and also sleeps there. Uh, Leah's mom told the sister, Sarah, that she doesn't like Leah. And Leah confronts her about it. And the mom's like, yeah, sometimes I don't like you. And I appreciated this from Bunny McSweeney. I thought, good for her just saying, yeah, I don't like you all the time. It is what it is. (laughs) Then we cut to Century 21. Sonia's glowing. She's selling some stuff. But I got to say, I saw online, I think I mentioned this already on the podcast, so I won't get into it. But I'm a little concerned about what Sonia's selling for her fashion line, because I believe them to be maybe stolen designs or something. Don't quote me on that. Allegedly, just look it up. I believe there's something going on where she's just selling things from China that she's putting her own label on or something. Again, don't quote that. I hope I'm not talking poorly about a business, but I did see something. And you know, when you see something, you say something. You see something, you say something. So Sonia, she gives a little speech and she does mention the toaster oven, which I've been calling for for years, and I hope we get it one day. We probably will never get it. Uh, But during her speech, Sonia said, it's been a long haul. You all believed in me, that damn toaster oven. She said, if I could poop that thing out, I would. And then it ends. Again, it ends on a poop reference. They're shitting out everything else. Might as well shit out a toaster oven, huh? So that's, uh, that's where their mind's always at. And sorry, you know, I don't like to talk about bathroom humor on this show. I've told you that many a time, but I, it is what it is. They're always taking dumps on this show. Always taking a dump. And that's where we end this week. So I want to thank you all for listening. Uh, next week... Uh, Elise is back. They've sort of edited Elise out of this whole season. She's done. She was done after one episode, but apparently she makes a triumphant return and tries to have a moment with Ramona that does not go well. That's next week on the show. I want to thank you guys all so much for listening. I love you. Please find me on social media 
at Danny Pellegrino, Twitter and Instagram. Uh, and I have a good interview with Heather from Selling Sunset coming up on Monday's show along with the uh, Real Houses Potomac recap. You can watch that over on the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Danny Pellegrino and the number one. Uh, subscribe and support the Patreon if you want. Now let's do our cheesy little breathing exercises to calm down, relax, and go about our days. So let's all take a deep breath in, hold it, breathe out. Take another deep breath in, hold it, breathe out. Take one more deep breath in, hold it, breathe out. I want to encourage everyone, if you're on social media, maybe reach out to someone, not me, reach out to somebody else. Uh, Tell them you love them, compliment someone, say something nice to someone on social media. I've just noticed so much negativity and toxicity on social media, and I know there's way more important things going on in the world. Uh, But if you can, spread a little niceness to someone uh, via social media this week, if you can, it'd be great. I love you all so much for listening. Thank you to everyone who's working. My, My heart and love goes out to all the mothers who are starting to teach their kids all the essential workers, everyone out there. I just, uh, I'm thinking of you and sending all of my love your way. Bye-bye. love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so luckily, I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now, Cozy is fantastic, a North American company that thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now, Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, super high quality products, plus fast delivery and easy assembly, which is really important to me because I do not like putting together furniture. So the easier, the better for me. Now, Cozy offers a beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals that are made to adapt in time. This means customers can add seats to the sofas over time. Maybe if you're extending your family, you might want more space on the couch. Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, wall shelving, credenzas, TV stands, and accessories. So much. It's thoughtfully designed furniture made for modern living. There's an outdoor sofa and tables collection that is fantastic. It's called the Mistral. So you can choose the perfect sofa configuration for your outdoor setup. Uh, Cozy also opened its first retail space on Queen Street in Toronto to push the experience to the next level and allow customers to engage physically with the products. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, spelled C-O-Z-E-Y, to start customizing your furniture today. Again, that's Cozy, C-O-Z-E-Y.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.